Ladies and gentlemen, Borderline Offensive episode number seven. Can you believe we made it this far? <laughs> episode number seven. If you'd have told me I got to episode number four, three. I would have said you're crazy. But here we are, once again, episode number seven, Borderline Offensive. Got another great guest for you all here today. Hopefully he doesn't share any deep, dark, recent secrets about me, as he grew up for many years of his life. Just a stone's throw. Why, what are they, why do they even say that, stone's throw? That's... It's not very precise, to be honest. I mean, it depends. I mean, think think about the distance. This is kind of rhetorical, by the way. Uh, think about the distance. A stone's throw could be, what, by today's standards, depending on football or baseball or javelin, 100 yards? Or if we're talking about uh, Penn State fans or others that uh, have low standards, it might be, 10 feet or so apart. I just kind of thought about that. But anyway, what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is this young man grew up a few homes away from me, and I've just stepped all over his his intro uh, on the show. So, uh, you know what? I'd like to set the bar low. Without further ado, let me introduce, for the first time maybe on radio, maybe he'll correct me. After my dog stopped barking, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, good friend, young friend of mine, Mr. Andrew Penske. <laughs> hey, how's it going? The dogs can't wait to hear from you. Can you hear them? <laughs> yeah, I can hear them in the background. They're really excited to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> Got lots of fans already, starting off on yeah. the right foot. <laughs> Oh man! So how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to talk uh, talk sports, talk my childhood growing up, uh, schooling you uh, on the basketball court behind <laughs> your house, and uh, oh. but also in the same regard, getting schooled by you in, in poker. You're pretty much the person who taught me how to play poker. So it was. Uh, <laughs> let, let let me stop for a second and just ask. Did you did you plan out this 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 attack on me and my character? Because what you've just done, knowingly or unknowingly, is you've just embarrassed me in front of I think it's fair to say tens of millions around the globe who are listening <laughs> to this. You've just embarrassed me and told everyone that a kid you know what? You were middle school even when we first got here, and into high school for sure, and later that you just athletically beat me in in, in a sport that I played most of my entire life, and then that wasn't good enough. You then went on to say that I that I basically ruined your childhood by exposing you to gambling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean. I can't think of two greater compliments uh, that you could that one could pay. <laughs> so, I figured I figured I, I would start out strong here on the podcast <laughs> today, but uh, but it, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun time growing up next to you guys. I know uh, Tyler and Cameron and Jake all, and yourself all coming out and yeah, everybody being yeah. very into like your neighbor had the basketball hoop, which was awesome, and playing football and stuff like that. And then yeah. you know on days where we couldn't be outside uh, playing poker and playing. Uh, I'm a PlayStation upstairs um, at the Rodebush Woods house, so yep. yeah, it was it was yep. some, good, some good times for sure. I remember too. I'm sure you remember this because it was it was fun. I remember when you were around, we sometimes want to invite we we 
actually try to sneak out a few times without you seeing because we actually wanted to have a chance to win. But we'd play <laughs> that that backyard wiffle ball golf game. Do you remember? We'd oh, set yeah, up yeah, yeah. somewhere and determine where you had to go around the house and hit the wiffle ball how many times to – yeah, you guys, you guys had the perfect yard for that. Yeah, you guys, you guys had the. You could basically go all the way around because you guys didn't have the fence at the time. I don't yep. think so. Right. Yeah, I know that we had the fence and stuff over my place. Yeah, yep. you guys had the perfect like open yard and it was super <laughs> flat. As anybody who's listening knows, uh, Central Indiana is yep. about as flat as you can get. So it yep. was good times. Good times. Yeah, for and, sure. And if I can, if I can defend myself for a second, we usually didn't play blackjack or poker for money it was just a learning experience but then you were exposed and and i'd like to say that because of my tutelage it prepared you for the latter poker games that you joined the neighborhood and playing is that fair have you have you yeah that's fair but have you seen like my record when it comes to playing in the neighborhood games <laughs> Well, I'm usually one of the. I'm usually in the other room drinking. By the time like you guys merge into one table, so here we go again. You've just slapped me in the face yet again and proven to everyone. <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, me when teaching. We first started playing, when we first started playing, it was uh, it was awesome because like I really didn't know too much about poker. I was yeah. probably seventh or eighth grade at the time, and like we didn't play for money, obviously. But like, thank you. Like, you and my you and myself are one and the same when it comes to our competitiveness. So yes, I think yes. that just like just the competitive nature and like wanting to win a competition like made it just as fun as if we were playing for money, obviously. And obviously, I was in seventh or eighth grade, so I didn't have any money for you to take anyway. Can we just say? And is it all right if I? And we're going to get to family and all that stuff. Is it okay if I kind of reel your dad into this part of the discussion just so people know your dad has been part of the neighborhood poker yeah. series he plays poker too so so you know I, i'm not exposing a young man to something that his parents are dead set, dead set against and saying where were you oh i was over at tyler and jake's cameron's playing poker with their dad what <laughs> Well, that's, that's funny because, like, my dad never played poker before either, which is why he didn't teach me. And yeah, yeah. Um, he actually bought the, and he probably won't like me saying this, but he actually bought the uh, <laughs> Texas Hold'em for Dummies book. Yeah. Uh, I think he the, told he, us that. Yeah. When the, yeah, he has no, like, shame. Like, he yeah. he doesn't care. He doesn't care what people think, which is awesome, one great thing about him. Um, but he bought that like when the neighborhood game started just like started we're beginning and like when you guys started to do that and that's when he basically taught himself how to play and like he knew that you and i would play and like tyler and jake when we were over at your house yep. and he was sort of started to get interested and in, like I- interested in it so he uh heard you guys were starting to do those like neighborhood games and he actually bought the book and like sort of taught himself how to play so yeah it actually like you helped like it, both myself and the, like, the, like the Texas Hold'em stuff and my dad as well. So Yeah. I, I've, one thing that I've learned uh, over time is you're probably better off not learning how to play and just sit there and motion and go with the flow. If you feel like calling, call. If not, if you think you know a lot about Texas Hold'em, that's when things usually go very wrong. So I kind of yeah, feel like people sure. that know less are, are better off. Yeah, it's like that that episode of The Office. I don't know if you watched that show, but it's when uh, they're doing the casino night uh, for charity, and uh, you have Kevin who says he's like done all these like big like Texas Hold'em games in like Vegas and stuff like that. And, like Phyllis is just playing for fun and has no idea how to play, and she ends up kicking his ass. And he's like, I, and he just go it ends with him just saying, "I suck." Yeah, I'm starting that's, that's, to watch those. Yeah, that's really how you haven't seen The Office. Oh God, they couldn't. As you know, I mean, you know my sense of humor. You grew up around mm-hmm. us, and how crazy our household was. But yeah, people couldn't believe I never saw it. And Jake and Tyler, Cameron, they all got me to start watching. I think it was literally a year ago. Um, pulling episodes up was it on Netflix? Maybe I think and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And starting to watch, and I was, I just lost it. I mean, they, they, one of the funniest, and I haven't seen all the episodes, but let's put it this way. Um, they got me, someone got me for my birthday, a uh, Scott's Tots shirt, t-shirt. I had tears in my eyes 
<laughs> for that when I saw that episode, I was crying. To, I had a headache. You know, that, for, yeah, that's that's one of there's some episodes in that in that series that just like <laughs> do that to you, and it's just like it's almost cringeworthy. Uh, his behavior, Michael's behavior in the series, but it's just like as they start to like progress with the character and develop his character, he's like almost becomes sympathetic. But yeah. you, then you think back to everything he's done, you're just like, how? Why do I feel bad for this guy? But I don't know. It it did an amazing job, I think, with the balance of his character during that series. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a great show. So anyway, let's, uh, <clears throat> I guess I'll take a step back. So you guys lived a couple houses away in a cul-de-sac, kind of across yep. the street. And several families that that we were fortunate enough to, to become close friends with, um, you know, over time, unfortunately. Fortunately for, for them, but, but uh, unfortunate for our group, everyone kind of moved, you know, everyone, uh, different different times in, in everyone's lives for different reasons, but everyone kind yeah. of moved from that, from that one street or that cul-de-sac over time. Uh, I don't actually think there's anyone really left. Well, there's, there's one or two families there actually. Yeah. I think the I think the wide, the widener just a little yep. there. Yep. Um, yeah. That's, so there's, there's a couple, but yeah, it's definitely like, it's a very like bright part of my life that I look back on and sort of, you yeah. know, it was a very beautiful neighborhood. Yep. You had a lot of like, a lot of like young families and stuff mm-hmm. like that and a lot of kids around unfortunately i was like on the, the upper end of that so like there wasn't yeah yeah me, me and me and tyler's age there wasn't as many it was like mostly like a little bit younger yep. than that but it was still it was awesome being able to go out and play uh, football yep. at jameson's house yep. and playing basketball behind your guys's house and it was it was definitely a bright spot of my yep. my did teen you, years and preteen years that did you i'll look back on play volleyball back there too couple houses oh, yeah. down that would have, you would have been that. younger that was kind of when we first moved but i mean volleyball games at night uh, yeah i think that some people ended up complaining about and writing to the hoa because it got a little loud <laughs> that's, on a that, weeknight. That's, that's why i will never move into a neighborhood yeah like that. yeah the, the hoa is not <laughs> something i want to deal with in my life that's right that's right interesting that that you've got you've got that awareness already at your your uh young yeah age. how old are you again because i uh, I'm 28 now. Yeah, so I thought, man, I'm, the years are getting away from me. Yeah, it's, it's crazy just to hear me myself yeah. say that, you know, just because I, my parents, I was two years old when my parents were 28, so it's mm-hmm. just like I'm not even, I'm not even close to having kids. I just, I, I was living before I was laid off um, due to the pandemic. I was living in Chicago for like three and a half years in like a 300 square foot studio apartment, mm-hmm. and so. I just moved this last weekend into a, a house in uh, South Broad Ripple, so just finally got a space that's uh, bigger than a bedroom for the first okay. time in my life. Well, okay. yeah, I, I didn't want to talk too much off air as, when we touch base, but um, wow, I didn't I didn't realize that. So you're you're back home technically, right? You're, yeah. you're back here yeah. again. Yep, I um I was laid off for about three months mm-hmm. um, due to the pandemic. Just my industry got hit really hard. I'm in the advertising technology or ad tech industry. Um, and basically I was just searching like really hard for a job where I could work remotely because I knew a lot of companies mm-hmm. were, were like moving to that remote sort of style setup because of the pandemic. And I yep. think that's going to be sort of a permanent um, pattern that we see moving mm-hmm. forward. I know even like the big companies like Google and Facebook are saying by 2030, they're going to try to have a hundred percent remoteness permanently when it comes to their workforce. So yep. And usually, and usually it's like the bigger companies start and it sort of trickles down to the smaller companies when it comes to the patterns like that. So yeah, um, I was really, really searching for something like that. And I, I actually found like a startup um, advertising technology company um, or digital marketing company that I'm working with that I just started about three weeks ago um, where I'm an account manager there. And working with them, I'm leading their account management team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm able to work remotely, which is awesome. They're based out of Silicon Valley, and okay. um, have a, have a home office now, which is great. And um, everything's finally starting to click into place. I, I I'm running a house in South Broad Ripple, so everything's I, going great. I was just gonna say there there are you know in all honesty, I've, I I I will be honest. I don't I do not have 10 million listeners uh, in the United States or globally, as I alluded to earlier. Um, I don't want to lie to to those of you out there. I do have about six, 
by my estimation. And uh, at least one or two of those are not from Indiana. So for those one or two listeners <laughs> who are not familiar with Broad Ripple, uh, wh- why don't you tell them a little bit about Broad Ripple and why that seems to be so appealing to quite a few of us that are from Indiana and know the area as well. Yeah, so Broad Ripple, like, if you grew up in the area, or grow up in the area, it's like sort of a rite of passage sort of spot. Like, <laughs> not only do they have the bars that you go to, because it's about half mile from Butler University, mm-hmm. so you have, you have the bars that you go to when you turn 21, or if you have a fake ID before you turn 21. And <laughs> uh, and basically, it's just a big strip of bars. That's basically downtown Broad Ripple, that's all it is. Yep. Bars and restaurants. And then... Yep. Even before you turn 21, you have the hookah bars out there. That's sort of like, you know that you want to be with hanging out with the 21-year-olds and stuff like that. So that's sort of like when you turn 18 and you can get into the hookah bars, you start going out there when you're 18. Yep. And that sort of transitions into that like full-on bar party yep. spot when you turn 21. But yeah. that's basically all it is. It's, it's known for its restaurants. And it's, uh, it's party life. And it almost has this sort of like the midwestern indiana feel of like a bourbon street but yeah take the first part i said very literally it's the it's not like bourbon street right to the t it's that indiana midwestern <laughs> bourbon yeah. street yeah i've got a couple friends from out of state uh that have come to town for different reasons and uh i both of them had said what's that you're out there in Indiana now, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was out there a few years. There's this. What's that cool place up there near Butler? What's that place called? And the first time, one of my friends asked me, I, I had no clue. I wasn't familiar with with Indy and all the the pockets and the towns. Uh, but then he mentioned Broad Ripple, and then of course, when I had another friend uh, who said the same thing, I knew exactly what he was talking about. So yeah, man, that's a cool place. I mean, you got. Uh, you got the the like you said the bars um, mm-hmm. and yeah, the hookah hookah bars and stuff like that and just a lot of a lot of good restaurants. And then the Monon breakfast, lunch, or dinner is the Monon close. Oh, literally, my house backs up to the Monon Trail, yeah. so like right behind my right behind my yard is the Monon. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, so I have the Monon right there, and I'm a big runner. I'm uh, yeah. really big into into, fit, into fitness, so. That was like one of the biggest like sellers for me when I came and yep. looked at this house. It, my girlfriend and I basically we had uh, we were looking around at a lot of different places in the area, and we had a, a meeting like three days from the day that we were driving around looking at places with this place and the landlord for a tour. And all these places we were trying to get beforehand were getting snatched up like super mm-hmm. quick because it's a buyer's mm-hmm. market right now. Yep. Um, so basically we, we drove up and we saw that she was there touring somebody. It's, we waited out in the car and as soon as she was done touring the person, we walked up and walked to the house, um, on the spot, um, just told her, Hey, can we check it out real quick and look at it for like four minutes. And then I put it in an offer right then. So when it came to the rent rental, so mm-hmm. it, it, it was very quick and it, the, the location definitely, um, definitely was the selling point for me the yep. fact that it's right on the moat on and yep. it's walkable to a bunch of bars and stuff like that which is awesome well and that's what i was going to say we'll we'll talk about we'll get into the to the topic here in a couple minutes but you know i figured you and your family and your brother and your dad i know your dad's a big runner and i figured mm-hmm. you, you were still so i figured that was a huge plus so so yeah that's 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 great. And you in some something you just mentioned there. So you moved in with your girlfriend? You both are living there? No, she has her own place, but I mean, you know how it is. She makes, say, she, she, the, she she makes she she makes a lot of the decisions for yeah. me and helps me and guides yeah. me in okay. a lot of the decisions. She's in another room, so I can't really say anything yeah. too crazy. <laughs> so I was gonna say, oh boy, uh, uh, big commitment there moving in. Yeah, together. yeah. I mean, but, it's, uh, and it's is that like the my same? First, I remember seeing you, it might have been a year ago or so. I don't think it was two years, but uh, how long have you guys been together? Oh, the funny thing about that is when I came to the poker night yep. at Brett's place that night, that was our first date. That was your we first day. I remember. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. So that, that was our first date. Um, I, we went to Copper Sill, which mm-hmm. rest in peace, it's no longer there. Noble yep. went out of business. Um, and then Primeval, which is the new... Um, brewery there and uh had a few drinks and then i came over and joined you guys a little bit yep. later for the poker night that night yep. and you know i remember fast forward 
fast forward a very, very, very weird uh, <laughs> next eight, eight to ten months yeah. when it comes to everybody in the entire country and world with everything yeah. we've gone through. And her and I are still together and still yeah. happy, and yeah, things are going great. That's great. I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way for more reasons than one, because had I mentioned that and you said, well, no, that one didn't quite work out. This is different. <laughs> it yeah. would have been a little embarrassing for me uh, having brought it up. So, well, good. Congratulations. That's that's good to know. Thank you. And she's a Noblesville girl, right? If, do I remember that? Yeah. Correctly? Yeah. She's yep. she uh, gra- was in the same uh, grade as my sister, who yeah. is there. 23 now so i yep. robbed the cradle a little bit there but, <laughs> but well that's uh, not too that's not too bad yeah yeah it's not too bad but uh yeah so she she went to Noblesville as well so she went she was actually yep. in the same grade as my sister who um who you know you know my sister yeah. obviously yeah well good good for you so let's you. so let's talk uh i i know now did you get a certification were you a personal trainer if i remember correctly yeah so you As still... you know, with my personality, I'm very, very impulsive uh, when it comes to a lot of things. So, um, like, if I have an idea and I think it's like it could be a cool thing, like I, I always have the like the philosophy, like, you know, one day you're going to be like 90 years old and you're going to look back and if you don't do the things that you're mm-hmm. thinking, like, hey, like this could be a good idea, then you're always going to think back and think like, what could have been that yep. sort of thing. Yep. So. I, I was very happy in the ad tech industry and the or the advertising technology industry that I uh, was in in Chicago. But I ended up I've always been into fitness and um, lifting and sports and things like that. So I ended up getting my personal training certification through uh, ACE or the American um, God. What is it? Oh, I'm sorry, the American Council on Exercise. So I got my personal training certification through the American. Uh, Council of Exercise, and I also got my Spartan Race SGX coach certification through them mm-hmm. um, as well. So I ended up uh, doing that, and then like one day, I just like went in and put my two weeks notice in at work in the digital marketing industry, and then ended up going into one gym. Like I had, I didn't even have a job in the fitness industry at this point when I did that. So yep. went in, put my got my certifications, which I'd been working on for about five or six months. Um, went into work, gave my two weeks notice. I, li- I lived in Chicago, so there's a bunch of like small gyms around the area there. So I went into a gym that next day, said, hey, I'm a personal trainer. I was looking if you guys would need any help, and I got hired like two days later from them. Mm-hmm. And that, that, was a fit- that was at Fitness 19, which is um, it's a good gym, but it's more of one of your economy gyms. It's like you don't want to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a really good job there, and I ended up getting poached by one of the most uh, prestigious gyms in Chicago, which is River North Gym in the Merchandise Mart. And they reached out to me via email. I still don't know how they got my information, but uh, ended up interviewing with them for a couple of weeks and got a job through them. And that was just a great big step for me. But the one big thing that was kind of a deal breaker and something that like made it so I didn't want to be working in that industry for a long period of time was just like, it's so grueling and so time consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you basically, you have the people that want to work out in the mornings before work. You have the people that want to work out during lunch. And then you have the people that want to work out after work. Yep. So basically you have these two big, huge gaps in your day. And it was basically like you're at the gym from 6.30 or 7 in the morning to 8.30 or 9 at night. And it was it was just grueling and mm-hmm. so like so like uh, energy sucking and stuff like that. So it was uh, it was something I did for I did the personal training thing for about a year and a half, and yeah. then I ended up like really aggressively pursuing getting back into the ad tech industry and ended up getting a job there. So, but yeah, I, I did the personal training thing for about a year and a half, and it was something I, I really enjoyed. But and I'm I'm really glad that I ended up doing it because if I would have been nine years old looking back, like, hey, you got your personal training certification, and you never did anything with it, then mm-hmm. I would have been kind of, kind of bummed out. Well, and I will say this. Uh, that that's the whole that's the main reason i decided not to become a personal trainer is just the hours i mean it's just such long hours um, yeah i know like every time that i came over to your place i always like we we tr- we, try- we tried to get like pull you away to like play like playstation and stuff but you're always like no i need to go hit the gym real quick <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, that could have gone a lot worse. So thank you for kind of playing <laughs> along there and not being too cruel. Um, but no, that's great. And I mean, it makes total sense. And in all honesty, 
I, I heard that from your brother uh, because I was actually at the gym. Uh, he and I went to the same gym. I went to, to a different gym for a while, and then the hours weren't super great and figured I could commit to going more if I went to, what was it? It was like Anytime Fitness or whatever yeah. over there. So that- and I saw him a few times, quite a few times, and touch base, and then he had mentioned he had, I think that's where I saw him when he mentioned that you were uh, venturing out into the world of physical fitness and training. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he works out at Anytime Fitness in Noblesville, mm-hmm. and that's actually where I work out now too. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. So like, they treated me really well when I was like in Chicago, and I would come back, and they'd be like, "Oh, like I got to become friends with the owner," and he was like, "Just uh, anytime that your brother and dad come in, just feel free to come in for free and stuff yeah. like that." So. As soon as I moved back, I ended up just joining because they treated me so well. But, yep. yeah, my brother, as you know, is very, very strong. And he's sort of <laughs> in the like, – he, he's in the powerlifting sort of section of the fitness world. So he uh, – Is he competing he anywhere now? No, he doesn't compete anywhere. He's never – but he sort I of – I feel like he sort of he – sort of, I wish that he would. I thought honestly, he was. He, was he going to? Did, was yeah, he, he, had, he had the idea for a while to yeah. – sort of go and start competitions, but it, he, yep. it never came to fruition. But, yep. um, he, I mean, he should. Like, I, I really wish that he should, or wish that he would, because he, he for his size and his weight, mm-hmm. he lifts so much weight. It's crazy. It's crazy mm-hmm. what he can put up. Yep. I remember kind of chuckling and laughing, uh, just one of many machines. I mean, he did free weights, all that. But then it was kind of like he grabbed a drink of water and uh, was in between some exercises and, went over to the, the fly machine and mm-hmm. and racked it and then just kind of did like three or four just really quick kind of in between doing some other exercise yeah. that like he was doing. I'm like, it. he just racked the into every single plate on that machine and did like four really quick before he went over and got – it was like his break. That was his break, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is it, – it's been sad for me for a while because, you know, I was the older brother growing up and yep, I could yep. – I probably forced him into this when it came to like I was beating the crap out of him a little bit too much, and he uh, he he was like, you know what, this is not happening anymore. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super proud of him when it comes to like what he's yeah. been able to do. Like in high school and stuff, he didn't play sports, he didn't lift at all. But then one day he just like flipped a switch and yep. started lifting weights, and he beca- he he grew to love it, and it's become a passion of his and. You know, like I sort of look up to him when it comes to that mm-hmm. sort of stuff just because of the, his work ethic when it comes to that. Yep, yep. No, that's great. And, I mean, of course, your dad is one of the, you know, he's 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 one of the healthiest uh, and, and most committed for someone my age or older. I'm going to say that, you know, you know, the younger guys, yeah. that's fine. But, I mean, your dad just used to kind of laugh every day, see him out there running, jogging, you know, at 191st yeah. Street or others over – Cross yeah. town. He doesn't. I got very lucky with the parents I grew up with with their mm-hmm. love for fitness. Um, it just sort of like got instilled into me at a young age and yep. sort of became a lifestyle. But like, yeah, my dad is insane when it comes to that. Yep. He, I remember a few years ago, and uh, he had a what they thought was a heart attack at the time, and mm-hmm. so he had to take a a few. Uh, it was back in 2018. He had to take a few days off from working out, and literally at that. Like, cause it was just so such a regular part of my life him working out that he would go and I wouldn't even like think anything of it. So like he would, he told me like when we were in the hospital after that happened and I drove back from Chicago to see him, um, it was like the first time he had taken a day off from working mm-hmm. out in like, over three and a half years. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. when he, when he was sick, he's he, like, and I'm always someone who's like, it promotes like, okay, you need like a rest day or two rest days a week to get let your body like sort of recover but he you know he's he's not like that he's someone who who feels like he needs to work out every single day and like mm-hmm. that's just sort of his his thing and it's sort of it's very inspirational to watch so aside from from his fitness it, the, these days which you know first of all it, it i've come to appreciate and understand what it takes to to be committed to get up and go to the gym or go out and, and run or jog even a couple days a week, let alone every day, you know? So he's, it's again, I mm-hmm. applaud his, his commitment to health and 
and fitness and what it takes. But so did what what sports did he play in high school, if any? Uh, he played in his early years of high school to play basketball, but his later years of high school, he really excelled in both um, football and basketball. Or I'm sorry, football and baseball. Football and baseball. Um, so, yeah, so he played, I believe, shortstop in baseball and got a few scholarships there. He ended up going to Michigan State to play um, and didn't get as much playing time as he wanted, so he ended up transferring to Elma College um, and played start, started there and played baseball there, which is a, a, a D3 school in Michigan. Um, and then he actually he, he was a quarterback in, uh, for football, and he actually got a few scholarships to play quarterback and ended up not taking them. Mm-hmm. But um, he got, I know he got a scholarship from, um, I believe it was Air Force um, to play, to play football and be a quarterback there, but he ended up not taking it. But he, his big sport that he always like loved the most, I feel like was, was baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. And he's a very humble guy. He doesn't talk. He never talks about all that. He just lets us all do the talking and jokes, right? he, I yeah. think he's he's entertained by a few of us jokesters and uh, personalities in in that neighborhood and poker league, but uh, yeah, for sure. he doesn't he doesn't talk. And matter of fact, I think you're the one that that shared this with me. He he never mentioned it, but he's he's uh, still friends with a pretty famous and pretty well known major league pitcher, is he not? Yeah, so. Um... We're family friends with the Smoltz family. So John, John Smoltz, uh, he yep. played travel team baseball with uh, with John growing up in uh, Lansing, Michigan. Yep. And it's kind of crazy because they grew up playing there, and then John Smoltz was drafted by the Tigers. Um, and he then was traded to Atlanta. And right about that time, my family moved down to Atlanta right before they had me. So um, – I was born in Atlanta, and uh, mm-hmm. we have a lot of connections to Atlanta. My godfather was a scout for the Braves for um, a long time, and I was, mm-hmm. and I was an agent for MLB players. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, we're, we're family friends with the Smoltz family, and yep. it's been awesome. My dad went to, the, to his Cy Young party in, 19, I believe, 96. Yep. Um, and then we, we, we got to go down and get some pretty good seats for the hall, his Hall of Fame induction um, back in – what I believe was 2015, um, okay. yep. where we got we got to go and see uh, see him, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, and Craig Biggio get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. No, that's really cool. It's funny, you know. You hear people there. There's there are people that that brag and you know tell stories and oh I I know this person or I played with this person or I beat this person. You know all kinds. You know he never says a word. You, we were talking about sports or something one time and, and he was like, Oh yeah. Or you said something about, Oh yeah, my dad played or he he's friends with, do you know John Smoltz? I was like, yeah, I know John Smoltz. Who doesn't yeah. know John Smoltz? Yeah, of course. And then you kind of just mentioned it. You weren't telling all these stories. You just kind of mentioned cause you knew I was a baseball fan and played baseball. And then interestingly enough, shortly thereafter, it wasn't that I was like, digging or digging or doing research it was funny because your dad doesn't i guess i shouldn't say this but put him out there that he's on facebook he probably i don't think he ever uses facebook but he sees faces like he's one of those right he has an account and he kind of sees what's going on and just reads he doesn't like post but but you know it was funny i saw something pop up that said uh your dad's name and uh and it was a fr- it was friends of yours or family whatever and it was they were like old school pictures and he was tagged in pictures and there was John Smoltz and i'm like holy crap right there yeah andrew was telling me about that and right there are some pictures with him and John Smoltz he didn't post it somebody else did but you know they tagged him so it was that was pretty cool to see but yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah it was very like a very cool um, growing up with that sort of relationship with a yep. very, very successful professional baseball player, as yep. you know. Um, so, like, we lived in Atlanta for a few years after I was born, so we'd go and see, he'd get us tickets to go see uh, the Braves play. Uh, and then, like, when we moved to Cincinnati, anytime Smoltz would come and play in Cincinnati, he would 
uh, give us some complimentary tickets and yep. we'd be able to go and he talked to us at the dugout and stuff like mm-hmm. that so it was pretty cool yeah no that's but yeah yeah going back to you saying my dad's not very active on facebook uh just go on to like one of like the teams he likes like official pages and start talking shit about the team and then you'll find them <laughs> he does my, da- my, my dad's one of those people that's uh like on the Michigan State University like athletics yep. like uh, chat page yep. and like if people are coming in saying like we should fire Mark Antonio and stuff like that he's like the person <laughs> who's like wait a second no we should not <laughs> okay okay I've seen him he's commented you know on he's laughed or made some funny comments on some sports related posts that that I've made you know because my my uh, I'll, I'll say friends very loosely. Uh, and I have kind of a very special relationship on Facebook uh, when it comes to sports, particularly. And uh, I know he's commented a few times there, but I don't think I've seen seen him pop up anywhere where he's like posted anything crazy. But but I know no, he's yeah, he, doesn't post, he doesn't fame. post anything crazy. Yep. He just it, it, nothing crazy that he posts. It's basically yep. just defending, defending like, yeah. you have a lot of like you have a lot of dumbasses on yep. these like sports pages that have no idea what when it comes to like sports it's like yep. the nebraska fans or the alabama fans you have one bad year and it's like we need to fire this coach so, who don't really understand they're, they're so spoiled and they don't understand like what, what like needs to happen it's basically like um the michigan state football team just got a new coach and he's going to struggle for his first few years. And there's going to be all those ignorant people coming in mm-hmm. saying he needs to get fired when, as you know, you need to wait until your recruiting yep. classes get in there. You need to yep. wait until your, your everything like funnels through and stuff like that. So you're always going to have those people that are just like the, the casual fans, uh, casuals that are going to come in and, and you know, not, uh, not you really guys, understand the process. Your family, a couple other families that we know and that, you know, uh, either went to Michigan State or fans of Michigan State. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this moment right here, right now, in the middle of Big Ten country, uh, IU, mm-hmm. uh, Purdue area. I'm gonna say that that uh, I think I respect the Michigan State athletic fans more than any other Big Ten fans out there. You know, you certainly got you know teams like. Uh, Penn State fans uh, that are just yeah. completely obnoxious. Uh, you know, like you, you kind of mentioned, they, uh, they're they usually so overly supportive of their coach, not necessarily calling for firing, but, um, you know, they, they think they created the we are chant and nobody else has a right to chant we are. And they, they believe... Because they win seven games, they should play in a national championship, and you know, just all these, all these things. They always say they could, they could lose four games, and I think they should be in the Big Ten championship and and play for a national championship. So, what do you think about Penn State fans? What do I think about Penn State fans? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't really think about them. To be oh, honest. there you go, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> well said. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like I, I see myself as sort of a big 10 fan yeah in general like as much as i hate like the ohio states and the michigans mm-hmm. of the world um i don't know i i always try to root for the big 10 when i can because i just feel like the big 10 doesn't get a lot of a lot of respect a lot of times um I'll so i you. always try to root i always try to root for them when i can i'll tell you um, there was a michigan state had a run uh there for a, a, multiple years you know, football, basketball. I mean, they were right there. I mean, playing for Big Ten titles and and the yeah, the, they're, the, they're the only school in history to have um, a college football playoff and a Final Four in the same year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, multi, so multiple. So I, I feel I feel so blessed as a Michigan State fan. The fact that we have Tom Izzo, who, in my opinion, is Mister March. He's might not be the most successful when it comes to all the numbers you're looking mm-hmm. at, but when it comes to just cu- looking at from like the end of February through the end of the season, yep. I don't, I don't really think there's anybody more successful yep. um, than Tom Izzo when it comes to that. And then Mark D'Antonio, who basically turned our program around in 180, him and Pat Arduzzi, yep. um, they both like just. I got so lucky growing up with with those teams. Um, not not even considering the 
the Red Wings, the Detroit Red Wings. I'm a big Detroit fan, obviously, mm-hmm. when it comes to like pro sports. So the Red Wings basically didn't miss the playoffs until I turned 26 years old. So mm-hmm. I felt pretty yes. lucky when it came to that as well. It's funny, Nard Dog, as as some of his detractors on the East Coast refer to him, he gets no love over there. I got a couple friends that are Pitt fans that support him, but. You know, people are always going hard on Narduzzi. Especially, matter of fact, well, here we go again. Especially Penn State fans who who hang their yeah. hat on beating Pitt. You know, every year, uh, they, and they claim that Pitt thinks that's their Super Bowl when it's actually Penn State's Super Bowl. And I love yeah. that. I love that that the last two years that they played, they split one and one. Pitt Pitt actually beat Penn State. Uh, it was a couple years ago, several years ago, but uh, I'm glad Narduzzi got 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 a lick in, you know. Uh, yeah, before for sure. He stopped he, that series. Yeah, I don't really see him as a Narduzzi as a uh, as a head coach. He he's mm-hmm. a very amazing defensive coordinator, and I feel like there's too many coaches, college coaches, coaches anywhere really, just human nature, I guess, where. They get success somewhere, and they feel like they need more. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have like the Sabins in the wor- of the world and stuff like that, trying to go pro and stuff like that. You have the Tom or the um, who's the coach for Calipari, Calipari, uh, yeah, Calipari, yeah, Calipari trying to go pro and uh, coach a pro team. And it's just, it's just, there's just too many coaches out there that just have so much success and are building such a good program and doing so well by their their athletes and their students that they're they're coaching. And they feel like, you know what, I can do better than this. And I guess it's just human nature, but I'd like to see more coaches do the thing that, like, Tom Izzo is doing. And you're just, like, building a legacy with a school. He's had options and opportunities to go coach in the, the big leagues when it comes to, like, coaching, like, Cleveland and stuff like that. He said no, but yeah, I just feel like there's mm-hmm. too many coaches out there that are just searching for the next best thing. How, how pumped were you when Hamilton County's own Gary Harris committed to Michigan State? I was very pumped because I was I, I went to I went to school with him. Um, oh, I went to Noblesville. He went to yep. H, or yep. HSC. So uh, he was, I believe, a year or two younger than me. But mm-hmm. I went and saw him play a few times. And I just saw how talented he was, and the fact that Michigan State got him, I was very excited about. Yeah, um, yeah. Hamilton County's had, and just the Central Indiana area yep. in general, has so many great, great basketball players come out yep. of them. Yep. You remember? Yeah. It, it, so you Go remember ahead. our neighbor Walt? Uh, well, my neighbor Walt that you're talking about. We used, that's where we played yeah, he basketball. Was, he was the coach. He was the assistant Central. coach for North Central. Yeah, for Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that was he was most. I saw him play in sectionals when they came to Noblesville, and he. Yep. That's those players in, in high school that are just like you know elites. Mm-hmm. You watch them play, and if you're not keeping track of the stats throughout the game, it looks like they're having an okay game, and then you look mm-hmm. at the numbers. And they're scoring like 40, 45 points. Yep. And you're like, what in hell? It's just because they make it look so easy. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when uh, Noblesville's basketball court made it onto ESPN's top plays? I do. I have a funny story about that. <laughs> you do? Were you there? I do. It was the, yeah, it was the, it was the, fir- the perfect timing. So I was out. I was going to Ferris State University at this time, which is um, a university in, in uh, Michigan. And I was a big partier in college. And when, or that day, I went to one of my buddies' places and we did a case race. And for anybody who's unfamiliar with that, basically you get a partner, you get a 30 rack of beer, and you each have to drink 15, or you can split it up any way you want, but you got to finish that 30 rack before any other team. And I ended up winning with my, my buddy that day, the case race. And I went back to my dorm room and turned on the TV, and immediately when I turned that TV on, I saw the Noblesville High School emblem in the middle of the court. It was the, perfect, the most perfect timing ever. I turned the TV on, and I saw Noblesville, and I was like, how drunk am yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. and, and then I, I realized that it was Gary Harris hitting the game winner from half court, an amazing game winner. And, yeah, yeah that was I, still, I remember that like vividly to this day, even though I was like mid-blackout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, had you... Had you been a lightweight and taken a couple more minutes to finish that, that beer, I probably wouldn't have seen that shot it. for about yeah. a week and a half later. Yeah, so kudos, kudos to your yeah. uh, to your manliness. 
<laughs> yeah, kudos to my, kudos to my alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was great. I, I remember all the uh, Michigan State fans around just celebrating. Uh, I remember seeing Izzo on uh, the news actually, because uh, you know all the coaches, all the coaches were coming and recruiting him hard. I mean, you know, you you know the kid's really talented when you know the head coaches are coming right you know and yeah and not not only the fact that he was super talented it was the way he was raised i feel like yeah, he yeah. his mom was a WNBA player mm-hmm. and they they had i don't know they they had all the money in the world so he didn't need to go to a certain school who can give him the most so it was basically like you know we're going to go and try to recruit this guy as hard as we can because we know how mm-hmm. good he is and it's not about the money to him yep right Yep. No, that's cool. So yeah, so what do you think about other than professionally? What about, you know, when you when you think about everything going on with with COVID and the impact and you know, the impact on, you know, I'll step aside here for a second from the serious context. Yeah. Uh, you know, people's lives and health and all that, but you know, we're talking here about sports. What do you what do you think about how it's impacted uh, you know, I'm more concerned about college sports than I am professional. I'm a college mm-hmm. football fan above all else, but you know, what are your thoughts on how it's impacted all these seasons and, and uh, teams? Honestly, I'm just happy to have it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had those few, few months where we didn't have anything and, and UFC sort of came back first, like yep. the fighting sort of realm. And, which I'm very grateful for because I've started to get into that since mm-hmm. then. Um, but, you know, I'm just happy to have everything back. Um, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me if we have fans in the stands, of course, like I'd love to have fans in the stands that generates a lot of revenue for the economy. Um, but I'm just happy to have everything back when yep. it comes to, to, to sports. It's great to be able to have fantasy football back. Um, I'm big into that. And I'm just, uh, so you just want everybody to be safe when it comes to the comes to the COVID stuff. Like I, I walk in and just stores and see people walking around with the masks on because they get in there and they're too good for them and they feel like they need to take them off. And it's just like, how hard is it to wear a mask? Right, right. You're not a scientist. You don't know if that like what's being told to us is true or false. I'm gonna give everybody the benefit of the doubt and say that everything we're being told is true. And I'm gonna wear a mask because it's super super easy. So I just don't understand when people act like they're too good for masks and act mm-hmm. like better than everybody else in the store walking around with masks i'm walking around with a, a fucking like cotton mask on my face you can walk mm-hmm. around with a mask on your mm-hmm. face too and then you have yep. people talking about uh that it impedes their oxygen like levels and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it's like there's been doctors that have proved that wrong that have run marathons with masks yeah. on since this has happened to prove to you that you can walk around a walmart <laughs> and buy your junk food with a mask on <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, if I if I might say, um, w- without offending too many people, um, I think wearing a ma- most people that are that I see shopping at Walmart, uh, it would improve their outfit if they wore a mask. Yeah, I I, I agree. I uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather see way more way less people's faces at Walmart. <laughs> have you ever Have you ever seen those? Those pictures, the people of Walmart or whatever it is, you know, and the yeah. outfits and, and yep. look, I'm not here. I don't, I'm not here to pick on people's appearances or any other things that they might physically have going on. But come on, you, if you've seen any of these pictures, first of all, yeah. all six of you who are listening to this podcast right now, Google people of Walmart and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I could care less how heavy you are what you look like physically, but when you put on some yellow stretch pants with different colored boots and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, look, people are going to take notice and, and comment. So anyway, anyway, yeah, it's not I, our, it's it. not our, it's not our fault. You're, yeah, you're right. giving us this entertainment. That's right. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, so as a Big Ten fan, I guess you're pretty pumped up then, huh? That they're going to start playing football next month. I w- as a Michigan State fan, I was actually pretty pumped up that it, the season wasn't going to go on because we're projected to win like two <laughs> or three games this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this could level the playing field for you. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's good. Um, I think it really would have. Well, obviously, this year is going to be tough for Michigan State, but yeah. I think it really would have hurt us even more in the long run without it. So I, I, I think get our young guys in, get them some reps and stuff like yep. that, and yep. we'll be good. But yeah, but what I'm really excited for is basketball season. Yeah, um, Michigan State has the number one class right now in 2021. So. That's never happened under Tom Izzo. Okay. He has like four, he has like three or four like five star recruits right now that have committed. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and as you know, like commitments, verbal commitments don't mean anything. But yeah. hopefully that uh, I think it helps when you get a few of them together that have been talking together and like, hey, let's build this together. And that um, amazes me. That really and I and I don't I'm not I don't want to I'm not attacking student athletes, these eighteen year olds, you know, or their families in high school. But it really does, it's intriguing to me how many people pull their verbal commitment, right? I mean, how every year, whether football, basketball, not so much baseball, I guess we don't hear much about baseball commits, but you hear all the time about flipping commitments, right? Or you give a word, uh, is that really where you're going to go? Or at what point are we going to reach when... We know for yeah. sure that that person's going to commit. Because you're right. I mean, verbals these days just don't seem to carry a whole lot of yeah. weight. I honestly, I honestly don't even know why they're even a thing. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything. It and they're they're kids. Yep. They're they're kids, and yep. a lot of them, or some of them, didn't come from you know great it, backgrounds. So they 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 hear you know what like we're going to give you this. And they're like, oh, my God, that's yeah. amazing. I want that right now. I verbally commit. Yeah. And then you have a year later when they prove themselves even more, you have an even bigger school come to them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it just, like, it, it honestly doesn't mean mean much to me at all. When I hear a verbal commit, I'm like, okay, yep. let's wait until it really happens. And I get it. Like, if, a, if, if a, not just the head coach, but a significant, their position coach, right, or their offensive or defensive coordinator, depending on their position, if they leave, mm-hmm. right, uh, or if something really bad happens at that school or university. Uh, I get that. I get that. Yeah. But, you know, there's just, it's like, you know, nothing's changed. And uh, uh, this person changed his mind and decided that there's a better opportunity for him. Or, or he's, or we hear this all the time that he's, he's reopening his recruiting. Right. Uh, so he yeah. hasn't switched, but he's rescinded his commitment and now he wants to be wined and dined again, right? You know, yeah, exactly. Go through that again. So, yeah, it's it's it's. I'm not a big fan yeah. of that, but uh, yeah, and I understand when it comes to people like yeah, obviously like when the Penn State scandal went on, like mm-hmm. there's going to be people switching stuff right. Right. at that point, and like other, the Louisville scandal. Yep. Um, right. There's going to be people switching Makes total when sense. they think they're, when when the Louisville recruits think they're going to be getting prostitutes and they get caught and they can't get prostitutes, then obviously they're going to want to switch to another school that does still have prostitutes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So you know, schools out there, take a lesson. Step up your prostitute game, right? I think that's what you're exactly. Saying. That's the number one recruiting recruiting tool. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, that is uh, that's that's it's, that's very true. There's a lot of truth to that, and the entertainment that is provided, uh, or quote unquote, friends of players and and. Uh, others on the campus that that get introduced to these recruits so yeah uh, i just yeah. want to know how that's going now with all the quarantining and the bubbles and stuff you know yeah. like you have you have the professional football players like that guy who plays the seahawks that try to sneak like try to dress uh <laughs> yeah. try to dress his his you know acquaintance up like one of the players and yeah. walk her into the the hotel <laughs> and he got caught i mean if the pros are going through that much trouble the college students yeah. are going to be having a rough time i didn't read the article but i saw something pop up and it mentioned kevin durant said he doesn't blame the nba players that tried to sneak their their women or whatever it is i don't want to make it sound derogatory but whatever he was describing and i don't think it was their wives um he doesn't blame them for sneaking women into the nba bubble uh while they were quote-unquote stuck there uh, how miserable must that be to be a yeah. multimillionaire stuck in a fancy hotel and property for weeks or month or yeah, whatever, the, playing basketball, you know? Yeah. 
It's terrible. Yeah, with all with all the room service you want. Yeah, you got, yeah. they built they built an entire city in there. They got barber shops. They've got yeah, like game centers where they can go down and play like Horrible. video games against one another. Like that sounds awesome. Horrible. If you guys don't want it, I'll go. Horrible conditions. I don't know how anyone yeah. could could be subjected to that to that type of treatment. But yeah, uh, while while they're doing their job, like making millions and millions of dollars, like right. I'll I'll tra- I'll trade them spaces. That's fine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Wait, don't did you did your girlfriend didn't hear you say that? Did she? No, she'd be happy to have Kevin Durant show up or uh, <laughs> or one of the other NBA players. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, hey, is there anything uh, anything you want to plug? Anything uh, that uh, you're working on or? plug your company and what they do or anything else that you want to get out there? Yeah, not really. Um, other than like I'm working for an advertising technology company. If anybody who's listening uh, runs a smaller company that uh, would like some display advertising done or digital marketing done on their side, like we're one of the first companies not to have minimums. Um, a lot of these companies have these agencies and these people that agencies are working with have like, half a million dollar commitment like guarantees that, that people have to hit to be able to use them and i'm working for one of the first companies that doesn't have any minimums so if you're a small company and you have five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars to spend um for a quarter or a year um we can do some digital marketing for you guys so yeah that's about it other than that not too, not too much i okay yeah well really, anyone... enjoyed, really enjoyed talking to you this is fun yeah, it was fun to catch up. Great to see you, you know, a little while ago. Well, I guess it's been almost a year now, right? Uh, seems yeah, it was, like it was, it was right around Thanksgiving break when we, we That sounds right. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, so now that I know you're back in town, uh, I think we may have some poker games coming up eventually. Yeah, and I, can, I, I, have a house, I have a house that I can host. There you go. See, now, now that I just said that, too, I, I can feel the judgment from everyone out there. Doesn't he know that we still have COVID? Why is why is he talking about having poker games? And I, I get it. I get it. We I just said we may have poker games coming up, and if we yeah. do, I'm sure everyone is going to wear a mask. I'm sure we're all going to have hand sanitizer. And heck, and and we and we won't tell anybody that's listening. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. So keep your judgment to yourself. <laughs> oh. All right, man. Well, hey, it was good catching up with you. Tell everyone I said hello. Uh, I actually talk to your dad every once in a while via text in our little group text thread. So um, I think he's actually one of my few local listeners. He told me that he's listened. He has a specific time that he likes to listen to the podcast. So uh, what's up, Mr. Penske, whenever you're listening to this? He said he he likes to listen to them in the shower, he says. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh. No, okay. I'm just. I'm, I'm I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think he he, he listens he listens to them on his run. He was, listens to them on his run. Yeah. That that makes sense. I think he shared that. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, congrats on the the relationship and the the, the nice young lady that you've got there. Uh, congrats on the house and moving back to to the indie area especially broad ripple great location yeah so it's just good to, good to catch up and thanks for for uh joining me on my uh fairly young podcast hope it was fun for you it was, it was fun as yeah fun for me. it was a great time um i feel like we could have talked for like two hours and yeah awesome. but, uh, yeah just let me know if you ever want me back and i really appreciate your time and uh can't wait to see you again here soon i'm yep. sure we'll see each other again soon with yep. uh, everything back to normal hopefully fingers crossed the uh the covid stuff will end here shortly and things will get back to normal and we can start playing poker again all right sounds good andrew all right, all right. Good take care you too thanks you too. Bye. all right bye well that's gonna do it for episode number seven borderline offensive special thanks to my guest andrew penske I'm still going to have to go back and review some film because I don't quite recall losing. I don't recall losing a game of basketball. One-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-one, horse, pig, you name it. Two bounce, 
I don't ever remember losing, but I didn't want to call him out on that in front of all of you. But I do remember teaching him the game of poker. No money was involved, ladies and gentlemen. I don't need the law coming after me. <laughs> and it was just for fun, you know. Hey, you know, kids learn how to how to do math and and solve equations by learning games like poker. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Borderline Offensive episode number seven. Catch up with us sometime soon.